Hi, I'm Gavin Emmett, and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. With a little break until the next round of the season in Austria, we thought we'd fulfil your MotoGP fix with our full interview with Jack Miller, who was on great form as he reflected on his unlikely win at Assen. Jack, have you come down off cloud nine yet after Assen? Nope. I will tomorrow, I think, in free practice one when we're down the back of the grid where we normally are. Nah, I mean, um, it's definitely been a good couple of weeks, you know, just a little all soak in and chat with the family and everything like that. It's been really good to, you know, just, just go through sort of talking with my parents and also with other people, you know, with people who, who we stayed with or, you know, everyone's sending me messages or giving me calls and stuff like that. It's been really great, you know, and just talking about the old times, you know, when we first moved over and we were roaming around. It was five stuff. year ago here in Saxon, wasn't it? Yeah, five years ago since I made my first Grand Prix debut, did my wild card here because I was riding the German Championship. So, um, yeah, it seems almost, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like you pinch yourself, you know, five years ago to, to nearly the date that we, uh, you know, started in Grand Prix to have a MotoGP win, it's, it's pretty cool. Talk us through Aston though, talk us through the race itself, because in the first part, you know, it didn't start great, did it? It wasn't, you know, the best I mean, start to a race. it started good because that's what I was aiming to yeah. do, you know, as we all know from like past wet races, I've gone out, talk about Silverstone, <laughs> <laughs> gone out and blasted it for the first two laps and then that was about all my race had, so I was really just trying to pace myself when I in the first part, you know, just tick, 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 started going through and then when the track dried out, I was almost thinking, you know, time to put slicks on. I was at that point and then it bucketed down again. But when Cal came past, like, Cal came past me and he was really pushing it and I didn't really want to push it that hard because I knew it was a, a long race and I thought these tyres aren't going to last that long. But obviously he was sort of going for the idea of, um, you know, if the rain, well, if it starts raining again, I think his tyres, he knew that they were going to be all right because they're that hard. And um, yeah, we sort of just, I just sort of got in behind and then when it really started bucketing down, I still had plenty of tyres, so I started making, gaining back up on the group, you know, we were, Danny and I were catching something like two seconds a lap, which was really good. And I, I didn't, I mean, I fell out of my comfort zone because there was an inch of water on the ground everywhere. But apart from that, I mean, felt pretty safe just trying to stay on the bike. And then, yeah, restart, I mean, 12 laps, I thought, you know, I got a good goal this time. I got eight, eight, uh, you know, I was starting from eighth position and, Knew I could make a decent jump off the start, got a good start, and then sort of everyone sort of ran a little bit wide, and I jammed up the inside in between one and two, and then yeah, just when I was there, I was about fifth, I think, and passed Crutch in the in the fourth, and then had Petrucci and that in front, and I just passed Petrucci, and then Dovi down, and then Valet down, and then was Mark, and then I had to go through pa past Mark and. Were there rest, any rest. nervous moments going past Mark Marquez yeah, after, sure. after Silverstone last year? After he reminded us about it. <laughs> yeah, after Silverstone, I mean, after I've had multiple occasions, you know, I'm really glad at the moment, you know, and he's sort of taken that title off me. <laughs> Everyone's sort of focusing on him now for being the T-Bone Stake Lord. But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's been, um, no, I mean, yeah, just when I was passing Mark, you know, even when I passed him, it was, it was quite hairy, you know, because that last fast, uh, Last fast left before you go on the tight chicane. I, I reeled him in down the straight and I rolled in there with like a, lo a lot of speed just setting it up so I could get him in the braking zone but didn't have to brake too late. And as I got right up behind him, the front end started going and luckily in that point it's a real opening, uh, like corner that opens right up. And as the front end started going, well, I just start to roll gas back on to lift the weight off it a little bit. Like I knew I was going to run quite to the inside but I knew it was either that or crash. So, got back on the gas and then I, I was right up next to him and I said, I just got to go for it now, just get, put it in front of him. Once I put it in front of him, it was 
it was all right. Once I, was, once I got past him, I knew that was all right. And I knew my pace was pretty strong, like I said. Just tried to stay in 50s for the rest of the race. Just, I knew that was a, quite a consistent time. I mean, it wasn't nothing stupidly fast, but it wasn't anything too slow as well. It was just comfortable. Talk us through the last couple of laps, even coming up to the line to win uh, your first I mean, MotoGP race. What was going through your mind? The last probably, the biggest moment for me was the second last lap coming through onto the back straight that, what is it, turn 10? Or I think it's 10 that opens yeah. up onto the back straight. It's coming through there and the thing's sort of spinning a bit and I'm going, I've got, if I, all I got to do is stay on one more lap and I got this thing, all I got to do is stay on because I knew where Mark was in the, from the TVs and that. And I'm just going, do not crash, do not crash, don't be an idiot, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. And I, I can't even explain it because I was just thinking to myself, you know, you, you can, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Like, <laughs> it felt like a kid and then you're like trying to keep your mind on the job at the same time. It's hard to do, but I feel like a little kid, you know, like the morning of Christmas, I think. And you got to pull out the stand-up wheelie across the line. You practiced those a few times over the years, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, um, uh, I've sort of got it down to a perfection now, especially being, from being a kid on a farm. I don't know how many mud guards on dirt bikes my dad had to replace, but it was a lot. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because I'm never really on the camera when I'm doing them, so it's all right, I get plenty of time to practice. And all the hairy ones, you don't really get them on the camera, so it's good. And talk us through the shoey. <laughs> what was going on there? Um, there's a lot of things to do with the shoey. I mean, um, I, I got these great friends of mine in Australia. They're called the Mad Hueys. If you look them up on Instagram, you'll find, find them. They've got like 250,000 followers. They we'll have this, a few more after this then, I'll to give them a plug. They, they, they just loose units. They're just, I met them in Phillip Island last year and I knew them. I knew them because I'd been in trouble already from, from my bosses for doing the shoey at a nightclub. So I was in trouble. I got in trouble over it, and then, uh, <laughs> and then I sort of told them because one of my, some of my friends met him at the the turn four at Phillip Island. They said the Matt Hughes is down here. I was like, you've got to bring him up to the bring him up to the thing. So I'm at Phillip Island, you know, before qualifying, I think it was or something. And we've got those little offices. I walk into my office. There's four of these Matt Hueys. One's passed out on the ground. I'm already in trouble for being a little bit young and reckless. And I'm looking. and I'm going, oh, this doesn't look good. Lock the door. He almost passed out here. Next minute, within five minutes, this one's naked. Sean's got his naked, got his doodle out, everything, and he's there. <laughs> Boom, into my leather suit, nearly zipped his old fella in the in the zipper. I said, these, these guys are unreal. I sent them a boot down, and they're down there drinking red wine out of the boot and everything like that. They're, that's just where it came from. And, you know, I think it, it seemed fitting to do it there. I don't know why, I just had to do something stupid. And, that's what felt, you know, I just remembered that. You mentioned the, the trouble you've been in mm -hmm. off the bosses. We won't go into that too much, but there's been criticism coming your way left, right and centre for missing out on Moto2, going straight to MotoGP. A tough first year, of course, uh, last year when, when you were with the LCR Honda team. So we could tell you were emotional after the race in Park Fermi. Just what did it mean to you? I meant everything, you know, not only, not only from the difficult year like last year that we had, but in, our, in, in terms of other things, you know, missing out on the, the World Championship by two points, you know, just for falling off the bike too much, that came into mind. And then also move, quitting school the start of year 10 and moving to Europe with my parents and, and my sister. And, you know, it, it, one by one, them all leaving. <laughs> you know, first was my sister and then my dad had to leave to go to work. And then mum had to go because dad had an accident being an idiot in a buggy so he had to she had to go and help him and then it was me 16 years old in europe so it's uh 
you know, just many emotions of that sort of thing coming into it and, yeah, just how hard we've all worked, you know, myself and my family and, uh, and everyone like that to, to really bring it home was just, just an amazing, you know, it's just a, an awesome thing to feel and I can only dream of feeling it again. Being the first independent rider to win a race since 2006, 10 years that nobody's managed to do that. Um, do you feel you've proved you're not an idiot, that you're not just a jackass? Yeah, you know, I mean, this year we've made some dramatic changes, especially in my lifestyle, you know. Like I said, being left in Europe, 16 years old, just as you're sort of becoming a man, you could say. All the temptations are there and everything like that, and, you know, probably did go a little bit, over, not over the top, but, you know, just had fun, you know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, got a reputation of being somebody who, 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 who loves a drop or, or something like that. So, um, no, to this year we really straightened everything out like I, I I just felt it was time to really mature up you know it was over finished the time of being being a kid and really focused on this job you know that we've got at hand and yeah this year we really worked hard through the preseason till I broke my leg and then even with the broken leg you know four, four or five days out of hospital we were back in the gym and and continued working and really turned my changed my lifestyle around really eating clean and and doing all the right things that you're supposed to do that that athletes are supposed to do and it, it, it seems to have been paying off you know so I gotta credit it all to that, you know, and I mean, Aki, for one, has been pushing me for the last two years to do that, and, and this year we've done it, and it's really starting to pay off. How much has Cal helped? Yeah, as well. I mean, Cal, Cal and Lucy have been great. Uh, I'm Uncle Jack now, by the way. I just hope you all know that. <laughs> That's official. No, right? ma no matter what the kid is, I know what it is because I'm the uncle, but <laughs> none of you guys know, but I'm Uncle Jack. But uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, Cal's been great, especially taking me under his wing. I mean, he's one of the most well-trained, well-prepared guys here in the paddock, as you know, with his cycling and stuff like that. Goes a little bit too far, if I'll be honest. Sometimes he's mental, even when your butt's bleeding from riding the bicycle too much. I just say, no, Cal, I'm not going out today. You can have that one. But he's, uh, no, he's really taken me under his wing and put, real, I, I, I got to credit him a lot in, in terms of doing it. He's really been great for me and Lucy as well. They're just like my older brother and sister, they're, they're great. What have Honda said to you? They're happy, you know, they've really, before the win, even before the win, they've been really happy with the progress we've made this year. Because people don't see that, do they, sometimes? No. That how, you know, you do have dealings with Nakamoto and Livio. Yeah, exactly, you know, the, they've seen the progression and they saw, you know, the leg injury, we were going, it started feeling all right in Argentina. We went really well there, crashed out, being an idiot, but, and then it was starting to go good in, um, in uh, Texas, and then I crashed in the qualifying, just a little electronic issue, and the traction control sort of cut out as I was mid-spin and it let the bike spin up a lot and it just sent me to the moon. It was the first high side I ever had on the GP bike, so it was a little bit of a shock to me, but um, yeah, and then re-broke that leg and <laughs> Jerez was a nightmare. But then from there on, you know, we had, what was Magello after that? And uh, Magello or Le Mans? I can't remember. Maybe Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans was good. It was going really good towards the end and then I just, you know, crashed at the same point as Mark and, and Andrea, just the front end, break the same point, everything like that. But uh, what was Magello then? And Magello was a really good, strong weekend for us. First time we really put in really long motos through the through the qualifyings and stuff like that, and felt really strong heading into the into the race. But I got taken out at turn one, which was unfortunate. And then Barcelona, we had our first top ten finish, and we came really strong towards the end of the race, which I was really happy with because it just showed that all the work we'd done in the fitness and and stuff like that it really started to pay off. And then after that, went back to uh, the Isle of Man with Cal and Lucy and. Cal got me climbing the hills around there and whatnot and went and watched those boys do a bit of riding as well, you know, went and watched the TT, which was 
amazing experience for me. And then we, we all know about Assen. Assen was a great weekend, even up till up till uh, the race. I mean, through the dry sessions and everything, I really felt comfortable there, and just seemed to be getting a feeling back towards the, towards this part of the season. And I mean. It was a special one, like I've said many times. I mean, we can't be expecting too much like that. We've got to keep focusing on what are we doing, you know, crack top 10, eventually work our way to the top five, and, and who knows? But yeah, it was really nice to get that one win under our belt and just boost everyone hope, everyone's confidence in the team, you know, and put a lot more, more blood back, in, back into this project. What now? Yeah, because in theory, you've got a three-year contract with Honda. Yeah, I mean, um, if Ian will put up with me, I think, uh, and the rest of them, I think I'm allowed to stay here. For the moment, so uh, no, that's good. I'm, I'm I'm really keen, and I love these guys. I feel I feel like I've fat in really well with the, with this crew and with everybody in the team. I think they haven't said they don't like me yet, so I think I'm doing something right. Oh, maybe not to your face. Not but, to my face, yeah. Right. But you've heard stories. I think, <laughs> oh, you know? well, wanted to. But yeah, no, they 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 seem to like me really well here. So um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I really like that, like the position where I'm at in the headspace, Matt. So uh, I'm glad to. Since I've been in Grand Prix racing every year, I've changed the team, so I'm be really hoping to stay here, that's for sure. I mean, uh, more than one year, it'd be nice to stay at somewhere. We'll have a word with Michael. Thank you. Have you looked at the forecast for this weekend? Haven't, not point. I lived here for a bit over in Hornstein, and it's, uh, no matter what that thing says on the computer, it, it can be anything. It'll be sunshine in one minute. It's like Phillip Island almost, you know. So. I, I'm hearing a lot of people, you know, everyone's really excited after the other day and they're all going, it's all, I'm a bit nervous actually because everyone's sort of relying on me and after the 4,001 bets, you know, 4,001 odds that we had the other day, I'm, I'm worried a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money this weekend. Don't bet on me, all right? It's still not a safe bet. Do you know anyone who did put money on? No, but all my mates put money on everyone else. What? I'm not saying anything about that. Yeah, Petrucci, they put money on him. I said, what about your mate here? You know, he goes right in the wet. Oh, you know, don't be silly. These aren't good friends, just a dollar. That's what well, you had to try. They've learned their lesson your now. Loss. Yeah, yeah. 4,001. I, I heard somebody did. I, we got a thing that all the boys, all, all my mates use at home. It's a sports bet app. And somebody did put like a, a $1 bet down when it was at 4,001 and got like four grand back, I think. So it's not bad. Good day for him. Nearly as good as mine. I think he owes you a beer. If you're allowed one in this new regime. Yeah, i got those Australia zero zeros. You can buy one then. <laughs> Jack, well, we do wish you all the best. Thank I you. hope you know how much people in the paddock. I'm sure you have felt it from no, the paddock. No, I, I felt it a lot. You know, I, one thing that really felt really special to me was, you know, I've won a couple of races before, but, I mean, just when I got to Park Ferme and just to see the amount of people that were there, I mean... I've seen it for valet and, and stuff like that, but I'm not saying it was anything like that. But, you know, just to see a lot of the mechanics from kicking around in the paddock, you know, um, who I know, you know, and I, I always say hello to everyone. And, and just to see them all there, just congratulate me and everything like that, even though a lot of them had fights and everything to catch, you know, it, was, it just was an amazing feeling. I can't, can't even explain, explain it. And, and everyone's messages on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that, it's been unreal. I mean, I can't reply to them all because I can't really type anyway. So <laughs> as I said earlier, I, don't, I didn't finish school, so. Go stay in school, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, wish you all the best and hopefully more wins to come in the future. Hopefully. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Jack. How great was that? We'll be back on Thursday, the 11th of August from the Austrian Grand Prix to preview round 10 of the season. We'll see you then. Have a good summer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.